0: Yeah. <laughs> this is the tipping point. This is Sync Ratios, episode 14. Yeah. And this is, uh, well, this is one of your co-hosts. This is Luke Pietrowski speaking. Joining uh, me is...
1: Uh, ben Collins, as usual, and returning our first uh, guest back for her second round with us, Lacey Valentini. The
0: th- yes, the third Magi.
2: Here I am.
0: It's almost like you never Casper left. Casper in the flesh. <laughs> uh holy shit guys this is zayla Zele we actually this is the this is well Zele throne of souls is the mm-hmm. name of the episode weaving a story being the american name script solely credited to hideyakiano that's not surprising because it's getting dense up in here it's getting mythological af he also did the storyboards himself wow and the director is Masahiko Otsuka and Ken Ando. Um, yeah, this is a this is a really big episode. Which is it's fucking crazy
1: because and we took you know we talked before about these are 22 minute episodes or whatever, and you know it's already like a massively economic. It's not really a good expression, but like it's a very economic show to fit what is clearly the type of content that, you know, American audiences are used to seeing in an hour-long show. Like, this is like, you know. Yeah, it's already super compressed. And, and this is half of a recap, so <laughs> it's like the actual content that we're gonna talk about really is just, what, what do we think, it's like
0: 10 minutes something, 15 maybe? Probably I 15. I don't know. Um, The first portion is pretty long. It's pretty long, but it stops before the eye-catcher midpoint thing happens. Oh, yeah. So the commercial break. You guys were asking about uh, the recap episode thing in general when i was sort yeah. of explaining that in my experience i've noticed it's kind of a traditional anime thing around the halfway point to do a recap episode which seems to be kind of a chance for animators to catch up on the schedule and you kind of just re-edit footage that you've already got mm-hmm. and uh you know just a sort of a traditional thing wolfs rain had fucking four of them in a row there's oh a my whole god i don't remember that there's at a whole all. disc of wolfs rain that if you bu- really? i bought it in a box set uh, I, don't know, I guess
1: we probably just skipped them when I watched it with you. I don't yes, remember that because
0: I wonder if they it was admitted four back to back certain
2: release versions. Because I definitely didn't see that.
0: I n- I remember well. Yeah, Wolf's Rain was one that I was telling a lot of people to watch. Attack um, on Titan has one. Attack on Titan has a recap one, but it doesn't have four wow. in a row. Yeah. like I feel bad for anybody who spent like twenty five dollars on that Wolf's Rain disc by itself and just had nothing but <laughs> recap. Episodes. I mean, you know,
1: yeah. and uh, I mean, I you know, just you could make the argument that Ano and the gang here probably could have used another couple recap episodes to catch up but uh, it's going <laughs> to become a you know more of yeah. a, of an issue as we go
2: Absolutely I was about to say I appreciated it
1: uh, Yeah and, and you know and it is actually we're saying it is actually fun because they they do it in a different way than like you know i mean there's there's funny there's funny it's ways also
0: not it. the whole episode no it's just Mm-mm. like it's
1: like it says the, it's at least the first third if not the first half and it just goes through the different angel battles and it's narrated by sort of like tangential characters mm-hmm. in like like as, as though it were like journal excerpts or something and and so it's fun and it's it's weird because there's no music which is it's just like you would just love
0: it i love that it doesn't have music this is the thing that it's
1: so strange
0: yeah the staccato quality of the This totally silent white text, giant white text coming mm. up to sort of recap things and then cutting to the footage without any sort of music at all for this 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 extended sequence. and you know, just, we talked about uh, before how much I love the the sound work on the show, so just like the roars of the evangelians and like the sound of things you know bones being crushed and machinery humming and and the way that that sort of yeah crafts this really really powerful uh
1: and re and re kind of like reappropriates um my computer just made a sound sorry guys um kind of reappropriates uh moments that had a different feeling like we did the the episode where they have to work in tandem and they do this sort of like jump kick thing together Uh is like it's it suddenly seems so strange, and it doesn't have like the triumphant feeling that it had when you saw it in the no, episode. No, it's all very stark. It take, feels, yeah, it's it's very, feels like
0: haiku or something, or some, like some it, sort of poetic, uh, you know, like if it's, if this were text on a page, you know, it would be... You know, one of those one of those things where it's like there's just a, like three words on a page and the rest is like all white space. And then mm-hmm. you turn the page and like they do weird shit with the punctuation. There's just something about the quality of this that I just really love.
2: It's funny that you made that note because I'm pretty sure the next portion that happens after that is called the poem.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. I want to talk about that.
2: <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah, um, I, I
0: want to talk about the pronunciation of Zele.
2: That's right. We left everyone on a cliffhanger. A real
0: cliffhanger. I mean, yeah, we'd brought it up before, and then it, it came up again, and we kind of just, yeah, left everybody hanging with uh, this is the... This is the episode where that word is introduced. This is the first time... Is it the first time they say it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've seen the instrumentality committee mm-hmm. of these, these usual... These guys. This is the first time that they're given this name as that they are sort of high-ranking officials in. So the instrumentality committee, and that's like the public face of this secret organization... Say-la. And we, Lacey, you pointed out that Gendo said it. <laughs> so we went back and listened, listened to him <laughs> yeah. say it in Japanese. And, you know, he's saying it with a Japanese accent. And, you know, as we know with like Magi and what mm-hmm. we were, we're yeah. like Longinus, we get here that we get Maggie and Longinus. So there's, you know, the Japanese pronunciation might be different, but Gendo does say "zele, yes. pretty clearly. And then we switched it to the English, which also says Zele pretty clearly
2: so here we are yeah
0: so i feel better about myself <laughs> but <laughs> it, it is still
2: that's all Zayma. it took
1: <laughs> yeah i kind i mean, yeah, i always just i kind of assumed for some reason i just always thought that that they said seal in the dubs and that that's why anyone said it because like yeah I, you know, but that was also just me assuming i was right and that other people were wrong and we have talked about my bias for uh subtitles over dubs so turns out not turns out they said it the same in both
0: but anyway, yeah. Uh, I, I wanted. I was reading to you both from my little Evangelion Chronicle Side B. Now we're on mm-hmm. we're on the Side B, the second book. But yeah. there's so much stuff about Zayla that doesn't. You know, they're a secret organization. Doesn't really come out in the show, and we'll find out a little bit more about them. But the idea is that they're kind of like the Illuminati or something. Mm-hmm. They they are a secret society that has that predates Second Impact you know sort of founded in europe at some unknown time and has been around i like the idea and the manga sort of hints at this that they've been around for for ages like you know mm-hmm. like any sort of secret organization and they've just been behind a lot of events in the world and it's all leading up to the human instrumentality project and that they discovered the dead sea scrolls and that's where all the prophecies come from and they sort of They talk a lot about scripts and scenarios in this episode that that has a scenario and Gendo has a scenario that might slightly differ and they might be at odds with each other. But it's all going back to they found these documents that sort of... And that's where they got the names of the angels, which we also Mm
1: -hmm. see for the first time in this episode. You know, a great thing about podcasting is uh, revealing all the things that I don't actually know. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And I don't mind embarrassing myself by not knowing them. Do you guys know about like the Illuminati's pop? The concept of that was popularized in like cyberpunk fiction, right?
0: I'm not sure.
2: I do not know its origins at I, all.
1: God. It's like a th- it was. A, there's a, there's some author that did did. I feel like this is a thing, and uh, I'm just it just knowing that it's a reference.
0: You know, it's a reference to the stonecutters from The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah.
2: While we're looking that up, something I noticed in this episode was uh, the faces of some of the angels, especially the earlier ones. Uh And I'm pretty sure that Hideyakayana worked for um, Miyazaki at one point. we did. Right? Mm -hmm. Is that coincidence or not? Because they look a lot like some of the like uh woodland creatures in princess mononoke oh you
0: know i talking, know what you're you know? talking about the yeah. little bobblehead guys right yeah and the one like the israfel the, one. the dancing one yeah he's got kind of like the the yin yang face looks right. kind of like those guys remember
2: what those creatures were called i don't know the names
0: I of them things, those. my but friend yeah. has
2: a tattoo of them she loves them the little so much so i feel very bad about this but yeah
1: no yeah he did he did like um uh Animation on. a uh, on did animation on uh, a couple Miyazaki things and in, in, mm-hmm. in you know big impressive creaturey stuff. So yeah, that's not a not a coincidence.
2: Yeah. Cool.
1: I'm I'm still looking. I mean, this is gonna take too <laughs> oh, long for okay. me to read Ben's all of it.
2: Really deep in the Illuminati here. Yeah. Be careful. Podcast, Clear actually.
0: your search history. Don't you don't want that out there. Don't you should let them know. borrow somebody's phone. Get a burner yeah. phone. Right, well,
1: let's keep talking about other things I'll I'll get back to that later
0: yeah so I mean there's there's the recap and we don't get a whole lot I want to flag Kensuke being very insightful in his like uh, reading of Rey <laughs> he's like Shinji never told me this but I think that uh, Ava you know Zero was so like gung-ho about blocking him and protecting him from the you know from Romeo because uh, she doesn't she doesn't value her own existence yeah something <laughs> along those lines yeah <laughs> uh it's it's not pessimism necessarily but blah 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 he just kind of like has this really insightful take on (laughs) like i'd never seen them interact before really (laughs) so i was like wow he's got a really great read on
2: they don't interact like when Uh shinji is introduced to uh those two characters and they both look oh, a yeah, ray. They, yeah. they they say they barely know her. So that's curious yeah. how much insight he already has <laughs> of her personality it just, just seems by like she it just being being doesn't around care. her. Doesn't
1: value I, herself. I kind of the only I was like when I started saying how it, like sort of interesting and, and elegantly done the recap was, I did like a flash in my mind like the only other version that like it would have been like if it was playing more to the tone of the earlier part of the show, because we're we're getting into the where the tonal shift in the series is happening, where it's like I would love to have seen it where it was like Toji and Kinsuke and and uh, the class rep and Pin Pin, like sitting around a table eating like pizza <laughs> together and and in like basically like like a old fashioned sitcom clip show where mm-hmm. they're like man like. You know, let's, let's, like, how many angels has it even been yet? And then, like, they take out, and, well, have- his notebook, and, like, they, and they, they all talk, and they get, then, like, they're all, like, guessing what, the, you know, it's like, well, I think Ray was thinking this. is a, If you just, like, narrativized it into the thing, that would have been very funny to me. But that's, like, oh, at God. this point, would, it doesn't work in the tone of the show. But earlier in the show, when you still had scenes like that, like, well, they,
0: they have know. their device here in the second half where there's a, a a sync compatibility test that goes wrong, and Shinji, like, gets knocked out again, and, like, sort <laughs> you of know, wakes up in the hospital again. And uh, they talk about, like, he doesn't remember much it's like oh you've given yourselves the real you know alf tries to make a jacuzzi by putting like the hair dryer in the bathtub and gets shocked and loses his memory is that that that, yeah this is a real one so So the tanners have to like they have to like recap the the series up until then for don't you remember alf like the one time that this happened and then that's incredible flashback to is
1: it is, I, I, like, Al, we're not going to talk about alf for very long but that's i, I like no nope, we are that's it's alf is one of my favorite cultural references that I like was just before my time so i didn't see enough of it to really like know it but luke is like, just a couple years older than me and you know so much about alf <laughs> and i was member of the alf fan club because like cuz Lacy you're you're just a couple years I'm, younger than me were you yeah. Alf? Yeah, do, you, yeah. do you have any idea who Alf?
2: No, is? I know Alf is. I definitely saw some episodes as a child. I associate Alf with Mr. Belvedere for some reason. They must have been mm, in the same sort
1: yeah. of Yeah, probably game. the same they probably syndicated
2: in, the, in and, a block. Somewhere. Each has a magical oh God, creature
0: that, that inhabits have? the house. Uh who's the boss?
2: Yeah. All of, the, all of this must have been on some sort of rerun block that happened yeah, when oh, I was definitely. a kid, where I would like catch mm-hmm. it but didn't understand any of it.
0: I
1: well, I just uh, Mr. Belvedere. Before my one is my one good Alf joke as just I just want someone to do this, and I'm not I don't have the energy to do it. But during when the show Girls was on, like the first season mm-hmm. of the show Girls, uh, I made a joke, one of my early Twitter jokes that I I wish someone would uh, reshoot the scripts. Um, from the show girls uh with all alf puppets and the show be called alfs and <laughs> all right i just thought that was really funny at the time and i still think it's really funny and if anybody oh wants to buy God. a number of alf puppets and do that i uh
2: that sounds like a very house of Cosby take
0: exactly house of cosby's house of cosby's welcome man.
2: back to house of cosby's yeah. I think we're trying to turn this podcast into sh- a show about every other show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's
0: just, oh, there's know. so much show. Though I mean, we're we're joking about the different forms that, that the recap takes. But it is interesting and kind of clever that this does take this. It's an interrogation of Gendo by Zele about... Because they, 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 there's a rumor. They 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 haven't made it official that the 11th Angel infiltrated the fucking Nerve headquarters. Yeah. And so he's not wanting to tell them that, but he's been called in to sort of answer for that and so they're going over all the information of everything that's happened how they far. Transition into that's right. so far that's right so they use that as a device to kind of give us the recap and name the angels and all that stuff
1: it's funny that even when that when they get after that scene it goes straight into this sort of terrence malick i mean it's the old, terrence malick is the only reference that i i mean there is godard to this too there's some of the like but like this this thing inside that does like Ray's mind the, the
0: poem yeah did you have notes on
2: oh my god the poem? i took so many notes on this Poem, <laughs> But it... So, knowing what happens in the series later... Yeah.
0: There's a lot of clues. This is the
2: sort of setup for everything that happens beyond this. Yeah. And I know we don't want to get into too much spoiler territory, but they do some visual cues. She says a few things that are very... They seem obtuse now. Watch they this, mean ag- a yeah. Lot.
0: Watch this again when you finish mm-hmm. the show. Like watch this. scene Yes,
2: again. absolutely. Go back and rewatch this because this is your penultimate moment of everything. For you is about to change as a viewer.
0: Um, it, it really is. Like I do think this is the turning point. I remember. Watching this show early on, you know, like the the second or third time I watched it, and I, I remember telling my wife specifically the first time I showed it to her, and it, you know, it's like, oh, this show's so crazy, so crazy, and we would be watching, and she's like, this isn't. That crazy? What are you talking about? And then it's—it was honestly—it was the end of this episode where you see Unit Zero holding the Lance of Longinus, walking down (laughs) this dark hallway, and its footsteps playing over the "To Be Continued." And I was like, "Okay, here's where it gets crazy." Like, oh, here's the shit. Like, this is now—it's—it's going off the rails. But it's—it's this scene too with the poem because this is a music cue that we're gonna hear again and again. That's right. And we're gonna get stuff that's a lot more like this and I think you're right that this is kind of the point where this it really is I think the creators talk about episode 16 being kind of the demarcation of where the show becomes something else but to me this is the moment when it's like we're kind of dispensing with more traditional Which narrative is, constraints
1: I'm, I think I'm, I'm so well, like we have it all playing silently on the screen right now and I might need to
0: take it back again That's <laughs> it's okay.
1: so fascinating because and I, I mentioned Terrence Malick but like at this point in actual real-world history, Terrence Malick hadn't made a movie since Days of Heaven in whatever, 1970, whenever that was. Mm-hmm. and. And t- Days of Heaven has like a little bit of that stuff, but it's weird to me that like, cause this this type of thing, this sort of montage with like kind of uh, poetic narration about uh, existential things and stuff, that's just become his thing. In, in but it really uh, Thin Red Line is when that really started, and Thin Red Line came out 99. in 98, ni- 98, I think. Oh, was it? Yeah, I think because it it was uh, the same
0: year as Saving Private Ryan. <laughs>
1: yeah, and it's like, it, like it's weird because I. I mean, I'm absolutely, I can safely say that old Terry has not watched Evangelion. I think we can, (laughs) I think we can assume that. And I don't know that we, I mean, we could maybe assume that, uh, Ano had seen Days of Heaven or Badlands, but again, it's like weird to me that like that is the reference because like you have Luke, you haven't seen that much of Terrence Malick, but like mm-hmm. the like Tree of Life especially, where it's just like the like mother, mother
0: father, who am
1: I, <laughs> am I on this earth for blow all that type of shit, and it's just like that's like and now it's in every one of his movies. Every one of his movies is like the that stuff, and it's like that's so it's so weird to me because I don't know. I mean, there's probably a common reference. I mean, Godard. I feel like there's some of this stuff in Godard's stuff, but it is just, it's just just—it's just interesting to me to think about where this was coming from for Ano at this point because it is very different and very unique and stylish and, uh, you know, yeah. I, I, I
0: yeah, it's so an interesting way to try and get into there because this is all part of... It's narratively set up as like part of this cross-compatibility test where Rey's going to go into Unit 1 and Shinji's going to go into Unit 0 and they're going to try and sync. And we sort of get this moment of Ray inside unit one being really contemplative and we sort of get you know this her her doing this poem and it kind of expresses her feelings and then we get a moment with shinji and he has sort of a freak out experience in in the other one um so i just like because i get frustrated with stuff that and especially growing up in my as my taste was being defined like things that were like pretentious or like artsy that felt sort of empty to me because they start that way from from the jump. It's sort of like, well, I'm, we're already in this space. And if, if this show was entirely just poems and shots of mountains and sunflowers, I would be like, yeah, okay. Uh, but the fact that it takes 14 episodes to get here, and this is a character that I'm invested in and curious about, to sort of be in her head like that in this really intimate way... Um, it makes it really work. And so I don't want something that's just, you know, surface level giant robots fighting. I mean, well I do, but, uh, and I don't want something that's just, you know, introspective highfalutin stuff. I want something that, you know, gets you a show that can do both.
1: Well, that's, I mean, <laughs> that's why that's, I mean, you know, for you and I, I mean, that's definitely one of the reasons that we both love it so much is that we have overlapping tastes and this is the biggest overlapping point and it covers everything it covers every popular you know like sort of popular media entertainment style thing and you know uh artistic you know pretentious fun you know so it's that's yeah that's a thing and you know
0: it just means something it has a context mm-hmm. and it means something and i want to understand it because i want to understand ray because i care about ray yeah. as a character
2: it's really nice to get a glimpse inside of her head and under get some sort of understanding of her because otherwise she's been very obtuse and sort of living on the fringes of things like we see her in the suit we see her at school but we don't know a thing about her and it's really refreshing go, go back and see. play it one
0: one last time mm-hmm. and we'll sort of look at some of the stuff she talks about i think the the sunflowers are interesting yeah that they're all beautiful but they're each just one of many so, like, what is the value? And this yeah. is sort of what Kensuke was talking about is, we, you know. You know
1: what we could do here, guys?
2: Go line by line?
1: I uh, We could have Lacey read it. Uh, <laughs> it like, uh, you okay. know, act it out as Ray uh, live on the podcast if you want. I'm just going to press play and you decide. Okay. If you it goes to do fast. That. I'll go. Okay, so there we yeah. go. This is
2: my uh, voiceover reel.
1: Mm-hmm. She's available.
2: <laughs> Weaving a story mountain (laughs) heavy mountains things that change over time this feels like slam poetry sky blue sky what your eyes can't see what your eyes can see sun a unique object water something comforting commander akari flowers so many of the same and so many unneeded sky red red sky the color red i hate the color red water flowing blood the smell of blood a woman who never bleeds let's come back to that man made from red soil man made from man and woman city a human creation eva a human creation what is human a creation of god is man a human creation? The things I possess are life and a soul. I am a vessel for a soul. Entry plug, the throne for a soul, which is the title of this episode. Who is this? This is me. Who am I? What am I? What am I? What am I? Over a shot of what endless am I? rays, yeah. I am myself. This object is me. The form that shapes me. This is the good shit. This is the me that can be seen, yet I feel as though I am not myself. Very strange. I feel as if my body is melting. I can no longer see myself. My shape is fading. I feel the presence of someone who is not me. Is someone there beyond this? Ikari? I know this person, Major Katsuragi. Dr. Akagi? Everyone? everyone? Classmates? And Kensuke the everyone. pilot of Unido 2, whose name I can't remember? <laughs> Mandrakari. Who telling. are you? Yes. Who are you? Who are you?
0: Over Those last two over a shot of the true face of the Ava without right. the mask on. Okay. The Eva shit.
2: without its shell. The snake's
0: carapace. Wow. Yeah. So there's a lot of like macro and micro and like individual, like city. And people, you know, and that the people make up the city. Um, the all the blood stuff, the smell of blood, the LCL, uh, the smell of the cockpit. She talks about smelling ikari that the cockpit mm-hmm. smells like ikari. Um, yeah, they
2: uh, both mention that it smells like one another, which I yeah Shinji was, says that it smells like Oscar. He says Asuka as gives well. him shit for it. Right.
0: Um, y- yes, a woman who doesn't bleed.
2: Woman who doesn't bleed. So that's something I started writing down in my notes. Uh-huh. So at one point we established that Ray doesn't dream. We also now established that she doesn't bleed. We also realized that she doesn't really express emotion or know how to live, which is what I meant earlier in the last episode when I said, sometimes I feel like Ray is a paper human. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, and even in this instance, it looks like she's looking at herself like a copy of a copy of a copy. Um
0: Well that's the interesting thing is that I do Does this episode change or did it change How you felt about her in terms of it sort of feels like She recognizes that about herself and feels Bad about it like She she feels like a paper human
2: Yeah I think so this episode The first time I ever saw it Fucked me up in so many ways And I think it was because one The tonal shift that happened but two And we'll probably get to this eventually uh, When The Eva decides to smash its head into the wall. <laughs> the self-destruction that's happening in basically trying to destroy itself while also directing its hatred toward a human who we are not currently sure who it is because mm-hmm.
0: Dr. Akagi. Akagi
2: blames herself for a moment. Yeah. But it also looks to the viewer as though that anger is directed at Ray. So there's a moment of, do you hate yourself? Are you mm-hmm. trying to destroy yourself? Or is this um, a, robo- a humanoid robot that's just acting out?
0: Mm-hmm. There's definitely stuff in this that I don't want to analyze yet, but we are going to want to come back to this talk for about sure. Unit Zero and operating systems.
1: Because, we, yeah, unit, we've already seen Unit Zero freak out before. Right. There's
2: but already this been a is, like, this is like...
0: With Ray, and now it, does, it freaks out again with Shinji in, yeah. in there. But Shinji does see this sort of, you know, he kind of freaks out when he sees like that ghostly ray like mm-hmm. floating up to his face. Um- just yeah, going back to the poem for a minute, I I just like how that she that the sun is a unique object and that the sunflowers there are so many that are not needed <laughs> and feeling un, unneeded. and we see the glasses again Gendo's glasses and how this is something that she tries to define herself with so the, the search for definition when she's talking about her body and we get the the sort of James Bond shit from the opening credits of like the sexy silhouette but this is again this typical of Ava that we've seen a lot before is like. Something that feels like it's very, you know, objectifying in the credits of like, oh, sexy lady silhouettes, Mm -hmm. but here it's repurposed in this weird poem and it doesn't, it feels much more uncomfortable and it isn't like titillating, it's sort of like her talking about that this is this body is the shape of what I am, but it doesn't feel like me. And that we see her sort of think about all the other people and trying to define herself through her relationships to them and maybe coming up a little bit short. But I think even the keeping those glasses is a memento. It's the only fucking... Uh, possession that ray has other than a box full, a cardboard box full of bloody bandages <laughs> in, in, a, in right. a like in a,
1: like a beaker or whatever that thing that glass <laughs> right. like
0: well and it shows that too yeah she's talking about water being something comforting and liquid being comforting did,
1: did you guys interpret it that she drinks that that's like her cup when they, when they're in the apartment <laughs> i didn't <laughs> i well i mean i don't I, like i i used to wonder that but then you when you said the thing about the like water and, the thing, and it's, just, it's just i don't know like it like the idea that like you know, I don't know where she got that from or she just brought it home from the hospital. One of the many times that she's been like, you know, Oh ba- my
2: God, poor Ray,
1: you know, it's like, but I, there's something, so it would be really funny to me if like, that's what she drank water out of. It's just like a, it's like one a scientific, cup, yeah. one plate, yeah,
2: one pair of, but clas- not you know? even, but
1: not even like a, like it be, you, you would get it if like she had like a, you know a cup with like a character on it or something you know, like a specific cup you picked out that's your one cup mm-hmm. right. you know but it's like no it's this like clinical like whatever i don't know there's something funny it's about funny that It's funny that you
2: point out her lack of possessions because the one moment that we're in her apartment you see a fucking drawer full of underwear just fly <laughs> yeah. out Got so,
0: so many pairs of underwear why?
2: Well, she
1: doesn't want to do she probably what's well, yeah like she, she i interpret her as just being They're gifts that doesn't want to uh, <laughs> uh, uh do laundry is nervous
2: just keeping her
0: stock. at some point it got out this oh ray must collect bras and panties like i'm just gonna get her that and that just ray became a thing
2: disposable underwear is what i'm imagining is happening because that is not a person who does their laundry yeah that's
0: that's what
1: i'm, that's that's what I'm, th- I'm thinking she she like does it like basically has like enough clothes for like a month and then either does it all of her laundry like at once like in one day or yeah just throws things away also the idea that like like you joke that it's a gift but it's like realistically uh it wouldn't within the narrative thing, it wouldn't surprise me if, like, Ritsuko gave her... Right. Because it's like, you know, oh, yeah, Yeah. like, this this girl's, like... Because she's probably not gonna, like, go buy a bra on her own, and if she's, like, right around the age that she would need to start buying them, it's somebody that works there is like, okay, let me give you... Like, you need to have this now. But
0: the fact that she keeps the glasses is is her one attempt to define herself, and that she's choosing to do that through her interactions with Gendo, and that's, you know, why we see her lash out so much when Shinji expresses doubt over again to sort of challenge like the one the one relationship i value he calls her out and like yeah i don't really trust him why do you want to get back in there to do this this test again this is the previous test and she slaps him on the face you know it's like her whole existence was challenged by shinji in that moment and i think Mm -hmm. that that's what's leading to some of this stuff and now here she is in shinji's Ava, thinking about herself and maybe sort of redefining herself you know thinking about Shinji, you know, the, the fact, the whole the smiling thing, you should smile at a time like this and don't say goodbye. It's too sad. Here's another person who might be, you know, a relationship might be a value well, for sort of defining yeah. who she is. Here's,
1: here's a, here's a, here's a uh, uh, I mean, it's like an old cliche thing, but, you know, like the sort of notion that um, a lot more of our memories are tied to the olfactory sense than mm-hmm. other senses you know mm-hmm. the, the, like that like the notion that they mention the smell and the things and that she's like thinking remembering things thinking about things because like it kind of works with what you're doing and they don't right. say that but that that's well it's just a, a, a memory trigger I
0: talk be. a lot about the avas is I mentioned before that they were sort of these metaphors for like adult bodies that that are you know the, she she says the entry plug is the throne of the soul mm-hmm. inside this body so you are the you are the soul inside the ava And when you're going through puberty and you're, you know, 14 going on, you know, 15, 16, you're, you're a child's soul in an adult body and that we get, this is empathy that she's in Shinji's body and Shinji is in her body and not in any sort of sexual gross way, but like that you could sort of be in, you know, in their perspective Mm -hmm. and, and they're both thinking about the other while they're in there. So not only does it smell like them, but their, their thoughts are sort of, you know.
2: Yeah, they're experiencing what yeah. it's like to be the other person, which is why before it goes berserk, we see Shinji going through that process of thinking that maybe like a sense of Ray is there.
0: Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, maybe plot stuff that, you know, is about that. But I think it's also, you know, that he starts to sort of, you know, he's a 14 year old boy thinking about this girl and it starts to kind of freak him out <laughs> a little bit when he yeah. starts to go a little too deep and. the... The compatibility test goes haywire, but yeah. So that's the poem. Does anybody have anything <laughs> else to say about the poem?
1: I, no, I just. I'm
2: looking back to see what I wrote. Yeah, down. if you got any
1: more notes, please. I'm just like keep rewinding sequences to watch them while we're talking because it is like. Uh...
0: Yeah, there's just there's there's a lot here. Oscar does bring up the womb yes, imagery, which we've talked about on the show, but. Gets really blatant here. You feel like you're back in mommy's womb.
1: Yeah, you like you 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 brought that up off Mike lazy that that was like like is was it, is it a little too on the nose or something kind of thing? I don't know. Like, is it's it's interesting. I, I like I'm not sure if I. Well,
0: there's a, yeah. I don't want to get into spoiler territory. Right.
2: Yeah, I don't either. But I mean, the LCL itself is supposed to be simulating like.
0: Fluid. The
2: well, fluid. Yeah, yeah. fluid so yeah there's oh, we did, a lot of reference we
0: noticed that. this is the 87th test which is <laughs> similar <laughs> this is the same number as the 87th protein wall from That's the right. previous episode i don't know what's the significance of the number 87 but it's showing up again they do talk about how the two avas zero and one are compatible for this swapping process, but not Ava Unit Two.
1: Yeah, I was gonna nice. ask sort of about force that. it. Off
0: uh, yeah. on, well Asuka's <laughs> Asuka like brings it up like, hey, how come I'm not involved in this? It's is a typical Asuka thing to do and then, you know, Misato kinda of plays it off but well you don't want to pilot anything other than two anyway. But there's some sort of hint here that sort of the systems at play within unit zero and unit one are compatible and interchangeable. Um what you just wanted to bring up? Yeah, it's good to good to flag that.
2: Something that I noticed now that you said that about uh, Misato, she. This is a moment when I was like, she's a really good director slash mother. Like, <laughs> she's sort of... She's playing the field evenly and not allowing Asuka to start actually feeling reasons for jealousy. It's just... We, we've right, brought that like, up before. No, no,
0: but... Asuka, you're the special one. That's why you're yeah. not with those because you're too special and it's you're able to... It's impressive.
2: Even when... So, when they were... The three of them were going to do the three Eva attack, mm-hmm. she brought them all out to talk to them and told them that they were facing a nearly certain death. Basically, you're only going to achieve this... By your wits because mm-hmm. we can't calculate mm-hmm. where this is going to happen but we'll go for steak dinner afterward and it's going to be great <laughs> dinner. So just like take care of yourselves I'll be back here cheerleading you and well, we, we steak afterward uh, we, <laughs>
1: Luke and I talked about the, the one where the they have to work where uh, Asuka and Shinji have to work together that like she clearly like could have asked Ray to do it and Ray would have been able to do it so much easier but the point yeah. was that that she with what's great about this again, fantastic writing that they don't have to say it exactly, but it's like obvious that she knew that it's Asuka obvious. needed to be the one to learn to work with other people, like that Asuka's great on her own, but that she needed to do this, right? And it was like, and it's like it's weird. This thing again, all this stuff about like the way we watch it as adults versus kids and stuff like that is that like I yeah I have a lot of like respect for Misato's leadership and the way that she. Can can maintain a strong personality of yourself, but also talk to people the way they need to be talked to, yes. which is like a a, a a a thing that comes up a lot in in, in our business because I there's a I'm paraphrasing from Steven Soderbergh, but the, you know he sort of pioneered this kind of now uh, just. Uh, uh, it's everywhere this notion of having like a ton of movie stars like a big cast like the Avengers and Fast and Furious mm-hmm. stuff, like, with the Ocean's movies and I remember they were asking him about like how do you manage these huge casts and like and he's like oh you just you just need to learn how to talk to everybody the way they need to be talked to it's not like about bossing everybody around and things like that it's about learning the communication skills and, you know, you get the right people and you communicate with them effectively and they're going to do a good job. And I think that, you know, that's that's applies to leadership, I think, on, on a whole. And I enjoy I completely seeing it. I totally agree. Those, that was know.
2: why I think it resonated so much when I saw that moment of her, like, face jumping in and telling Asuka, <laughs> it's OK, Like <laughs> you're fine. You're doing great. Like,
0: <laughs> love the little face jump in. Yeah. I want to talk about the dummy plug system, which oh, Maya yeah. talks about. We, we get the sense that this... Well there's that weird thing that <laughs> that Ritsuka says about you'll understand once you've been sullied uh, to Maya but there we get the sense you can go here we get the sense that this all these tests are for the implementation of something called the dummy plug system which Maya says like listen I respect you Ritsuko, uh, and I will do what you tell me to do but I I don't agree with this so we don't know exactly what that is yet but she brings this this thing up and rates sort of says you you can be idealistic because you haven't really this is why the why i interpret it is that you haven't oh. been sort of put through the ringer or had to compromise yeah so you can you can have your principles but
2: here's what my interpretation is mental
0: contamination is taking place well let's see this is this is the scene right <laughs> they mm-hmm. want to see exactly what she says because wow. you and i both are like what the what the fuck does that mean yeah, maybe yeah, it I think yeah. it happens right before this actually. Okay, yeah, maybe I'll...
2: But my interpretation of dummy system and her meaning or her saying that you haven't been sullied yet was I don't know the age of her companion. I think she's probably a bit younger. Maya? Yeah. 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 Um so maybe she hasn't lived through a time when all of humanity was completely decimated. Oh, she
0: might not be, yeah, second so, impact. So
2: the dummy system which to be quite honest right now I don't even remember what that is. <laughs> we'll but, find out. Uh, The dummy system is the intent for these things to be able to possibly pilot themselves, providing we don't have a human to be inside of it. I don't know that, but Mm -hmm. that was what my assumption was. Um,
0: It's a good assumption. Cool. This (laughs) means we can have the plan, says Ritsuko, and Maya says, the dummy system, I know you support it, but I'm not so... And Ritsuko says, I understand why you wouldn't approve, but we always need to be prepared so that mankind can survive. Oh, you might be right. And Maya says, I respect you, ma'am, and I'll do my duty, but I'm not convinced about this project. <laughs> and she says, it's tough having a fastidious nature as far as living among people goes. You'll understand that when you feel you've been sullied. So,
2: You'll understand that when you feel you've been sullied. Yeah, it's that, still a weird line. It's, no it's no still a weird line. We it's, it.
0: it's super dense,
1: that whole exchange, because I think it kind of is everything that both of you guys are saying in a weird way, and I do think it calls back, like Ritzko's statement there, does probably call back to the stuff about her never going to be a mother from the previous episode because it's like when you ask the, the sort of question about that it's like well these are the people that are you know dealing every day with the razor's edge of existence toppling into nothingness I mean Constantly. they they are the last you know line of defense that the planet has and every time <laughs> they do their job the world almost you know basically gets destroyed and right. it's like so I think on some level like Ritsuko is just probably like She's the one of the most We're, hyper aware people of of how fragile this is, and that the idea of her. I'm sure that you know, like having kids, and it's like, yeah, you're not. That's, we don't get that the luxury yeah, of having a life in that way. Exist. Yeah,
0: right. There's definitely going to be a lot more about characters, you know, sullying themselves and feeling like they've dirtied themselves and their souls and stuff. So it just the, the language of it, I do think is. Telling, and that she says it in such a strange way, and it does, that does kind of resonate with some some places. It's gonna go later when people like Ray start to get introspective here.
1: Um Yeah, the Unit Zero freaking out. This, it's 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 again. Yeah, it's all the stuff that you've been talking about this whole time, Lacy. The like the humanness of the of the Avas. It like it's it's disturbing. It's
2: emerging. It's That's a, what's.
1: It's, it's scary to see the sounds yeah. of it.
2: <laughs> oh, I yeah, I wrote something about this. Just I just wrote a small one. It said we gave sentience to Evas, and <coughs> be, just based on those lines that Ritsko said in the last episode, where you know, saying there's a bit of humanity inside of here. Of course, it's starting to show whatever mm-hmm. that humanity may be. I don't think even if, like, a glimmer of me was inside of something like this, that I would be happy about it. I probably <laughs>
0: uh-huh.
2: hate my existence, honestly, and yeah. that's why I think I find that moment so disturbing when it's smashing its head against a wall, but also punching toward the humans in front of it. Right. Like, thanks a lot. Misato <laughs> thinks,
0: is it trying to kill Rey? Right. Ritsuko says, I know it was trying to kill me. Um, that's all very interesting. I like just from a you know synchronicity sort of standpoint that we have Ray in the in the Gendo position standing in front oh, of the yeah. window true, as it punches and yeah. the glass breaking through and she has the the usual Gendo reaction the very gendo ish reaction just standing there just not even blinking as shards mm-hmm. of glass fly past her face.
2: That was really impressive, but it also kind of calls back to, um, I've forgotten his name again. <laughs> yes, talking about the lack of care for her person. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I couldn't tell if it was confidence or just lack of sense of self and uh, care for self that she continued standing there. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, It,
0: she, it, does it doesn't it, matter, nothing matters.
1: Yeah, she's kind of a mix of those two things yeah. all the time because she's, she's the least like shy person you know because she doesn't yeah it's like it's like yeah What what is confidence and what is lack of concern Like, well I, that's
0: the, the, the scene that we talk about and we talked about the you know the, sort of the comedy of it and all that but the, the fact that a 14 year old girl and you can sort of compare this with Asuka who's constantly like D- are you looking at me don't look like I, I'm gonna be in the shower here it's, this is the wall of Jericho all that stuff that Shinji sees Ray like completely naked and like falls on top of her and she's not at all embarrassed doesn't you know it's all She's like, yeah, whatever. I did this, you know, this and that's like the most body. freak out thing. Yeah, yeah she's just, it's just her own body. She has no real sense of connection to it. Like, I don't. Mm. This isn't me. This thing isn't me.
1: Um, okay, and then so so, so talk talk about this sort of ending. They we're getting some terms here that this is the first time they say the about the lance.
0: Yeah, they talk mm-hmm. about the lance of Longinus, which you. Church people, do you guys know about the Lance of Longinus? I, I think this, it's I, it's more apocryphal stuff. Yeah, right?
1: I, most mm. of this stuff comes from like yeah the ap- apocryphal books of like the yeah it's the Christian Catholic,
2: mysticism stuff yeah. that like I never really learned about in church, but mm-hmm. it's something yeah, that it's, wiki it's, dives would take me on later on.
1: <laughs> it's I think it's supposed to be this spear that. Uh, Jesus's side was Yeah, the spear that pierced yeah.
0: Christ's side when he was dead on on the cross. There was supposedly a, you know, a soldier that yes. Roman soldier, right? Uh-huh. That stabbed him and water leaked out of the wound right. and that's, mm-hmm. you know, like on, on the crucifix he's got the wounded side, but it's supposed to be that.
2: No, just Is there <sighs> oh, a little shit. bit of water?
1: There's so, I think there's I think
0: there's more <laughs> to... water, a comforting something something that brings comfort. Oh my
2: god, something that brings comfort. Yes.
1: <laughs> so yeah, so they they mention that in in the uh that this scene where they're talking about you know this sort of conspiratorial scene between um, Fuksy and Gendo and then
0: and then it cuts to as unit you mentioned one because yeah. they're like yeah Ray's taking care this, of that with this giant spear thing which is we saw a few episodes ago when Fuksy and Gendo go to Antarctica with all the salt pillars around we see a big giant spear-shaped <laughs> item wrapped up in cloth on the yeah. on the ship. And so this is That's what they went to retrieve. Right. You just made Dude. that
2: connection for me. I'd totally yeah. forgotten about it. Did
1: they that. make yeah. that clearer later? or do I mean, it's not a spoiler. but It's
0: not a spoiler. I think it's one of those Ava things that we're talking about, which is, like, it's not exactly clear, but on a second rewatch, like, yeah. what are they doing there? Yeah. Yeah. The idea is in the Dead Sea, yeah. they found the Dead Sea Scrolls. Right. And uh, had all this information. Also in the Dead Sea, they found this lance- at this some point lance. in 2000, the Lance was transported to Antarctica, probably part of that experiment or whatever. The Katsuragi expedition, or second impact happens. Lance has been there since then. Now all the plans are coming together. The scenarios or scripts, Sele's well, and Gendo's. Yeah, And they went to retrieve the Lance because it's a part of whatever the Human Instrumentality Project is. Yeah, it, it's wow. becoming it's becoming
1: increasingly clear you know, in this episode that obviously Gendo and Fuchske are aware of, uh, you know, their own intentions breaking from that of the people that they're
0: reporting to. Um, right. Cause Gendo is, he is part of, he's a member of Sele. Mm-hmm. He just kind of has his own agenda. So, but we don't know what exactly that is or what the human instrumentality project is really all yeah, about. Yeah,
1: that's, that's, they haven't really discussed that in, in any just sort yet. of uh, detail at this point. Um, so yeah, I mean, either we should do other things that we should talk about. I mean, we've definitely uh, covered uh, this one in detail. How are we detail. doing on time? I mean, there's. Oh, uh, we're we're about uh, close to an hour.
0: Okay.
2: How oh, are we really?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's maybe a good place to call it. Um... Math puppy. Oh, math! Of yeah, course. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, the most important uh, character since Pen Pen. One. One one. <laughs> Which is how dogs bark in Japanese. That is the, the automatopoeia of like yeah. arf arf or woof woof.
2: When you're learning, yeah, when you're learning any language, yeah. for some reason they all have their own version yeah. of mm-hmm. what animals say, and that is maybe the cutest one of the cutest yeah. one I've ever heard.
1: <laughs> but it's like because it, it's it was, it's the scene where it just it, it, there was like is it on
0: TV and we just can't see. He's the like screen. waking up in the hospital again and commenting yeah. on like this fucking ceiling again. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's just like,
2: a nice juxtaposition of like here's the other dumb bullshit that's happening in this world yeah. while well, you just tried to save it. yeah, oh, Have yeah. fun.
1: It's just funny because this I,
0: is the world you're trying to save. This is, <laughs> this is you fight, but this is what I you will, fight for.
2: I will save math puppy every day. If I have to, <laughs> it's also
0: just Japanese like, reality. The way, shows. the
1: way that they do the subtitles, anytime there is something like that, it's, it's kind of, it's hard to know immediately which one you're supposed to focus yes. on. And so they get also Ooh. like, it, it's it, like, I'm curious when they do it, the new version, if it's going to be done differently, because it does, it's, it's like slightly confusing and in, in, in a oh funny sort God. of way. Yeah, like
2: when they're showing scenes where there is a character narrating or maybe talking on screen on top of another like auditory thing that's happening, whether it's like a loudspeaker going across the city, mm-hmm. while there's also a sign in view. When you've got three lines of text and you're trying oh, yeah. to keep up, that is the hardest thing. I've had to press pause so many times because of those sorts of things. Well, and,
1: we, and you, you, we've said this. Uh, previous things but uh, you, you weren't on the show It it's just funny because it just makes me remember that the very first time I saw a lot of this stuff was on bootleg uh, convention oh my God. VHSs that frequently oh, had, right had like, like a watermark well they had they had watermarks scrolling top and bottom saying like you know this is not for profit like you know like mm-hmm. these are disclaimers like legal disclaimers because they were, they were bootleg so you did text scrolling in the black boxes of the the thing and um and then it's
0: like watching one of those money shows like uh... oh yeah
1: and it would but they would have they would have hard there would be burned in like chinese subtitles i think because they were bootlegs oh, right. from china that were then fan subbed so you would have the text that's moving and distracting you chinese stuff over it and then english in it's like different color like slightly lower but it's like there was it was like yeah it was ridiculous it was like a you know like pop-up ads i don't know how you digested
2: age. that as a teenager as a
1: 14 year i mean the, the answer is not incredibly well but it was but the thing about it is like it's so that was specifically end of Evangelion was done that way which is like the worst i mean that's the but it's so crazy at that point visually that, right like, you, you're you, just sort, you, of, you in the just the sort moment. of yeah you're just kind of but, like taking yeah
0: it if in. you are watching uh subtitled and you know, just you know have your have your remote control ready to, to jump back on a couple of scenes here and there. I don't remember watching this the first time, and I think as we do the podcast more and more, we're going to want to be like, wait, go back. Let's read that scene again. Let's read that other set of subtitles because stuff's going to start flying fast and furious in, yeah. in terms of information density. Uh, one thing I'm noticing as I have my Ava Chronicle open in front of me is a different translation of that quote from Ritsuko, Oh, that's good. Which I says, know. Being mysophobic can be agonizing if you want to live among humans. You'll learn one day when you become tainted.
2: Excuse me?
1: <laughs> What's mysophobic? What is that?
0: I don't know.
2: Mysophobic? Mysophobic? Like M-Y-S-O?
0: Yeah, M-Y-S-O. Meso, yeah, misophobic misophobic like she, they're
1: scared
2: Mesophobia. of <laughs> scared,
0: scared of misado <laughs>
2: okay well now I'm just yeah, doing this yeah
1: yeah, do it please I was gonna do it but you, you grabbed your phone before I
2: misophobia is also known as verminophobia germophobia blah, blah 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 let me just actually click on the title yeah, pathological she said, fear of contamination of germs she said being fastidious and germs sorry she's
0: like being so fastidious is hard if you want to live among people
1: that's I mean, I'm guessing that the saying the misophobic or misophobic, whatever that is, that that seems like that's probably like a one of those like a like a literal translation of like a sort of expression or something probably like that. Because this is I'm a like,
0: really wordy way of talking about Hedgehog's Dilemma. Oh, my <laughs> yeah, God. Yeah, I
1: think I think so. I think it's it's like you get like don't don't be scared to get your hands dirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think is, that is, is probably that is. exactly what I think is. It's, right. yeah, 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 I think it's what it is. I just, it like, it clicked. Luke,
2: you got it. <laughs> or not Luke. Wow, Ben, you got it. Okay, I had three straight thoughts that we have not yeah, talked please. about that I guess I wrote down in here. Um, they talked about how they had to... Okay, this was after, I think, the sixth angel during the recap. Okay. They talked about how they... had to cryogenically freeze one of the Evas, which I didn't realize when that was Mm. going on. I didn't even think about it because it's a a human-ish body that has to be put into stasis. It's Mm. not like you can just shut a robot down because that's not what this is. And that was really... I felt myself bristle when I read that. Mm -hmm. It bothered me.
0: You're (laughs) you're all for the ethical treatment of Evas. Sure,
2: I guess. (laughs) It's just we put a human and a robot somehow together and that bothers me so <laughs> well if
1: this was like the harry potter if this if the show wasn't like, ex- like taking place like you know basically at the you know end of human civilization or something like that if it was more of like a status quo like we're just it, it, you you would get the the subplot from is this the harry potter be able to this the people for the ethical yeah. treatment of house yeah what yeah, else? yeah of house you, dwarves, you would get yeah. you, would, spew. you or, yeah you would get that uh that would be a plot eventually. If if Even Galen was a show that went on for like many many seasons, it'd be like Asuka would take up the like justice for <laughs> Eva's or something. <laughs> I also <laughs> realized
2: I just said House dwarves, which is not a thing. It's, I I meant El. Yeah, but. I was I flubbed
1: it, and then you picked up where I flubbed, <laughs> so we both got to share in that one.
2: Um, let's see. Oh, uh, also when Toji was talking about his sister being in the hospital. Uh-huh. They, It's just this utter lack of regard for the city and damaging other people and the rest of the people that are in uh, Tokyo at mm-hmm. this point. Like, that was all... Man, I'm talking about people getting hurt, us mm-hmm. messing with humans. <laughs> I'm realizing this is a theme now.
0: Well, that's interesting in that this is Tokyo 3. So there's Tokyo, which gets buried underwater. Buried, but it gets, right. We're in gets Tokyo drowned. 3. There was a Tokyo 2...
2: Which they and, haven't talked about, they right? They
0: don't. Yeah, it's sort of like moved. And here's, you know, the Illuminati like Zayla at work is like there was you know, they after they, you know, find these Dead Sea Scrolls, and the Katsuragi expedition stuff, they move the capital to Tokyo three, which just happens to be where the geofront is, which yeah. is where Nerve headquarters is. So it's sort of like you can see them in the shadows, uh, making policy happen of like, why is, why is there a Tokyo three? Why did they abandon Tokyo two? It's because they wanted it to be here where they have the geo front where, you know, the instrumentality project is happening. So we can see the strings being pulled and that's, yeah,
2: it's just,
0: everyone else's, uh, you know, collateral damage.
2: It's interesting to see how death has desensitized everyone in this city because Mm -hmm even when they're talking about the children going underground because they knew that the evil was about to come out and the, the walls were going up, like that everyone was just very calm and placid about it. Even when they're giving um, orders to Rei and uh, Shinji and Asuka to go do things, they take it without any question, which is oh very no. interesting to me because they, especially Shinji, Are very new at this. Asuka's clearly Mm -hmm. been doing it for a while, so is Ray. Ray seems like a bit of a soldier. Asuka's very headstrong and a go-getter and like really jumping into these sorts of things. But Shinji, even though he's not really into it, he still in those moments does it no matter what. And I know it a lot of it has to do with pleasing his father. Right. But he still does it. And even the people who work inside of Nerve just accept death. Like, when they're saying that it's going... Gendo, is, is, going to Gendo is
0: constantly up. ready to just, yeah, blow it up. Like, in the Magma Diver episode, he was like, get ready to bomb this place.
2: We're gonna die. <laughs> yeah. And no one flinches. And no one's like, gotta go. This, like, whoops. No, the thing he
0: cares about anymore. most is Unit 1. Like, in the last episode, you know, when they're gonna be compromised, it's like, priority is Unit 1. Yeah.
1: Well, it's kind of a... I mean, it's, it's, it's a PTSD sort of reality that they live in and, and we talk about how that's in some ways that you know i like a lot of things reference probably you know to the post-war era in japan and sort For of the sure. attitude and i, I don't yeah, you know, because i wasn't around then i don't know exactly what it was like but if you were to tell me that this was a, a somewhat accurate representation of of how society went on after that happened it wouldn't surprise me
2: no you know? i i I recognize that. That's what I've been thinking this whole time is I don't understand what that feels like. And this is probably mm-hmm. a pretty good articulation of that. And I'm, when I was younger, I probably didn't realize it as much now. But now it is more than prevalent to me while I'm watching. Like, it's all I can think about is how ready they are to mm-hmm. die, even <laughs> if they're not saying it. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and everybody finding their reason, you know, kind of looking for a reason to die. Like, yeah. You know, for especially uh, like the operators, they all sort of have somebody like Maya is so ready to just obey whatever Ritsuko tells her to because, mm-hmm. okay, somebody else is in charge, so I'll do that. And Makoto's always following, you know, Misato around and doing her laundry and stuff because, okay, well, here's somebody. And Shinji's got his father. Ray also has, you know, found Gendo. Uh, Asuka sort of has Kaji, I guess. But everybody's sort of always, you know, you're sort of looking for, okay, what's an excuse I have to, you know, put myself in these situations?
2: Yeah. There was one more stray thought that I noted. Um, it was a really small one, but when Ida, I finally mm-hmm. have his name right, is talking, he also hints at Ray's age for a moment, or he mentions it rather.
0: Oh, she seems older.
2: She seems older mm-hmm. than all of actual, us. Yeah, than all the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Um, which is curious because I've never really thought she seemed like she was that much older, just that she didn't act like an age
0: right yeah <laughs> it seems distant yeah you know
1: yeah That's
2: anyway last stray thought mm-hmm
1: I did I just I was just reminded of something and this is probably like a stupid uh, thing but I, it was a there was a a couple years ago and I rewatched uh Akira after I mean I always I'm watching Akira but I was watching it again and it was you know, it was, it was referencing the PTSD type stuff, and just just you know realizing how much of of anime and, and manga and stuff does seem, you know, like an awareness of the atomic bomb and stuff like that mm-hmm. being such a prevalent part of like the narratives and the sort of attitudes and things like that. And and there was a I can't remember where this there was a thing a couple of years ago that somebody told me, and then I was researching it more, and it and I'm gonna, I'm not looking it up right now, so I'll probably get it wrong, but there, I believe if I'm not. Because in Japanese culture, there's not, um, uh, like, drug use isn't, like, a. don't think, I mean, drugs are a more serious crime, like, you know, drug possession uh-huh. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But if I understand it correctly, up until, I want to say the 90s, uh, mushrooms were not considered uh, a, oh. a sanctioned, uh-huh. like, a, a regulated drug. Yeah. And because and it's an interesting thing that, like, you, you, you know, this very, like, mannered and, and, you know, sort of polite, you know, culture of people and stuff like that, that, like, there's a lot of psychedelic imagery in Japanese entertainment, and, and there's a lot of psychedelic uh, in, in music You never see there. people,
0: like, other than Mario, eat mushrooms in I know, and Japanese I, I spent things. A
1: long, I spent a long time trying to figure out, like, like research and figure out if, what's his name, the, the Nintendo guy if he was really into mushrooms Miyamoto. or Miyamoto. And I don't think he, as far as I could tell, I couldn't find any evidence that he was actually like into taking mushrooms himself. Mm-hmm. But it was like a joke that I I had it when I was like really thinking about like why is like, you know, anime is like so much, uh, you know, aware of the atomic bomb in the post-war era and stuff like that. But there's also like, you know, a hallmark of anime and manga is just like crazy imagery and like crazy Absolutely. psychedelic stuff. And this is where this, we're starting to get a lot more of that in this episode. Yeah. And it was like my sort of joke is that like, the anime is the result of the atomic bomb and everyone taking mushrooms like recreationally for like a long time <laughs> that like, because it's not, not to say that like everybody's like, oh, they're going to like, you know, take mushrooms and see trippy stuff and then draw pictures, just, but they like, it's a part of, you know, especially artists and stuff like that, the, the culture of thing and yeah. I just always wondered that and again I have no idea if Anna's ever done that or anything, but it just that that's a component of where i think we get some of that crazy imagery i really, I really kind of do is this mm. the first
2: time we try to ask kariake any question <laughs> have you taken mushrooms <laughs> tell I, <it> right back <laughs> i would love i
1: would love to know that uh honestly so one day maybe we'll get to ask him Mm, I doubt it No <laughs>
2: <laughs> But Guys he's gonna find this podcast And he'll answer back
1: mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> we, we joked about that already that, that, yeah, the, 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 the ultimate thing is That we go to Japan To record the podcast And interview him Which will never ever ever happen He's
2: probably Nobody. got his eyes Rolling no back interest. infinitely By more white people Talking about his show <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah totally <laughs> Zero. we'll yeah we'll have to find dig up some on interviews and talk about that and i want to talk about you know next time maybe dig into on the actor because ben you and i were texting yeah. about that a little bit and then that's that's fun to talk about but our next episode will be episode 15 lies in silence or english title those women longed for the touch of others lips and thus invited their kisses oh yeah that's a good this one. show rocks you yep. and it's we're getting into the good stuff here. I am could not be happier. Me too. Uh, well, thanks again to
1: our guest Lacey Valentini for coming on a second time.
0: Yeah. Happy
2: to be here again. Super fun.
0: And
1: uh thanks, thanks. for
2: letting me try out my VO on this episode. Oh, that was great. <laughs> that was a good impromptu
1: Blue sky. Uh, bit there. Red red sky. So, and thanks to you guys for listening. Um we'll see you next time.